Hello and welcome to the Deja Review podcast, where a group of film lovers get together and revisit a cult or classic film that one of them has never seen before. I'm Mike Cairns, and as always, I'm joined by Kane Daniel. Beep boop, I am Kane Daniel. <laughs> and... <laughs> <laughs> and we uh, and Seb Godfrey. Hey, how you doing? And <laughs> we have as our guest, our honoured guest this week is our pal Brody Lancaster. Welcome. Hello, Welcome. it's me. Hey, um, hey. And uh, Brody, would you like to tell us which film uh, we will be discussing this week? Uh, yes, we're going to be talking about the film The Godfather. Ah, the classic. The Godfather. Franny Coppola. (laughs) Fran Fran. (laughs) Directed by Sofia Coppola's father. Yes. That's how I like to think of him. (laughs) Vineyard owner Francis Ford Coppola. (laughs) (laughs) Director of Jack. (laughs) (laughs) Publisher of American Zoetrope, Francis Ford Coppola. Well, before we get into our discussion, a short synopsis. The Godfather is a heartwarming tale of a young man's struggle to follow in his father's footsteps. It's full of laughter, zany antics and domestic bliss. Will little Mikey make his pop-pop proud? Let's watch. Okay, Brody, you have never seen this film before. What did you think? Um, I thought it, I thought it was okay. It was good after an hour in. Uh, I feel like the first hour was a real tough going and uh, I was watching it on my computer so I could see how long there was left <laughs> and after an hour there was still two hours left um, and it felt like a real slog at that point. But then after an hour it kind of picked up and I understood that the story was going to be about Michael who right. you know, is an infinitely more interesting character than mm. his dad. Um, but up until that point, it was really just about, it's kind of like those seasons of Game of Thrones where it's all about like power imbalances and like the banking system and all of that stuff. And it's like, (laughs) then they bring out a dragon and you're like, oh, right, this movie has action. This show has action in it. And that's kind of what The Godfather was like, where everything was just like implied and about like, you know, tensions and rivalries and stuff. And then shooting happens really late in the movie. Right. Yeah, that's funny because I watch it. Like, I had seen it uh, just a million times on DVD. Like, I had the deluxe DVD box set and stuff. And and I hadn't watched it for, you know, probably over a decade or something. And it was interesting that I had, like, so much knowledge of the film just kind of baked in to my psyche that ne- that watching it this time, I, um, I, I got a lot of pleasure from it because I could follow the plot really well. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it's kind, I feel like it's kind of like, like, you know, I had never seen a Star Wars until like two years ago mm. and you go through life and conversations and like pop culture where people reference these movies. Like, I feel like every time there was a line in The Godfather that I had heard a zillion times, I was like, oh, that's where the cannoli came from. Leave the gun. Take the cannoli. I get it now. Um, but uh, Going into it, what were... What were like? What were the handful of things that you knew of the Godfather? So there were. I actually wrote it down because I, I made a few notes throughout just so I didn't forget things. And there were things like Luca Brasi, who I knew from a the Tasmanian pop punk band. Mm-hmm. 
called Luca Brasi, huh. but also there's a like a reference in Gilmore Girls where um, Emily Gilmore is coming to pick up the titular Gilmore Girls, Rory and Lorelai, and she pulls up in a limo and Lorelai says, who's in the Luca Brasi mobile up front? Um, and so I was like, <laughs> hey, that's what that's about. Um, but then there's like a second later, there's... Uh, don't forget the cannoli. And then there was yeah, leave, go, going the to gun, the mattresses, the which mm. is a big thing in uh, You've Got Mail, one of my favourite films. <laughs> really? Tom Hanks. How is, does that come up in You've Got Mail? <laughs> so Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan's characters are having this like AOL email love affair or friendship, quote unquote friendship. Um, and she's talking to him about like, her business failing and how to save her businesses. And he says, go to the mattresses. And she says, what, what does that mean? It's from the Godfather. It means you have to go to war. And then she kind of makes a gag about how men always want to quote the Godfather in order to give business advice or something. Mm. It's kind of this long, I, I kind of was waiting for the Godfather to make sense of that You've Got Mail storyline and I didn't really get a clear explanation of it. I was just like, okay, so that's where Tom Hanks' character got Go to the Mattresses from, but I still am unclear about his advice. Yes, um, the final piece of the puzzle. Laura <laughs> <laughs> Efron really like planted that seed for me to watch grow. Brody drops her coffee cup and it slowly falls to the ground as everything falls, falls into place. We, we, we don't talk Guys about so Kevin Spacey so. movies anymore. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I what were my notes in here? I made notes like, Luca Brasi is wild. I like him. And then he died. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and I hope your first child is a, a masculine, masculine child. child. <laughs> I love that scene. And He's then sitting outside practicing. Like, I uh, made the note, I'm glad the horse head happened to that super racist movie producer. Because, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, you know about the, like, when the bit where, is it Tom? Is it uh, Robert Duval's character? Yeah. Yep. Um, Goes to well, my Kraut Mick friend. Yeah. <laughs> Where does that come from? Kraut Mick, like oh, no, Kraut, because, but, because he says I'm German Irish. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So oh, there says, are, oh, there are so Mick. many very dated racist racial slurs in it, mm. like mm. calling all the Italian people Guinea pi- yeah, guineas. guineas. Where yeah. do guineas come from? I have no idea. Uh, do you have any idea? Let's look it up. Okay. okay. Um. <laughs> let's look up that <laughs> Welcome to looking up a slur. <laughs> so while, new segment. While, new while, segment. While Bullshot plays Google that slur, um, there was also the, you know, like sleep with the fishes, mm, don't forget yeah, the cannoli and go yeah. to the mattresses. I wrote down that all of those three references happened in the span of like two minutes. Yep. And I was like, this is like movie quotes, like... What about, into what, like, I mean, what about the, I think the, the biggest one is I'm going to make him an offer you can't refuse. Yeah. You yeah. Know, that's the, uh, and yeah. it gets, it, it goes, it's been passed down from generation. Yeah. To yeah. Generation. And there was also, you know, you hear, cause everyone, people in movies who quote the Godfather always say, you come to my house on the day of my daughter's wedding. Mm, and yep. um, you can't refuse a Sicilian yeah. on the that, day of his that daughter's is, wedding. That, uh, uh, in rewatching it, I thought, wow, that's, that's that's some exposition, like, you know, Tom yeah. just leaning over is like, you can't refuse anyone on the day of the daughter's <laughs> wedding. And it's like, oh, okay, there's a there's some exposition just, like, dumped in your, like... I don't think that was so But bad. what I realised, it's kind of like, Luke, I am your father, where it's been kind of misquoted throughout history, because I wrote down, yeah. I was like, oh, it's actually, you come to my house on the day my daughter is to be married. You said you come into my house on the day my daughter is to be married and you ask me to be murder. Money. I ask you for justice. 
Also, I wrote down, it was an hour into the movie before I realised it was set in 1945. Really? I didn't realise it was like... When did you think it was? Like, like when it was made, like the early 70s. Oh. Well, which, oh, I guess maybe Mikey came home from Vietnam. But like, yeah, I was kind of like, which war hero, which yeah, yeah, era yeah, yeah. war hero is he? And then I kind of like looked up some trivia on internet, and they were talking about how you know how all the cars are parked outside the house yeah. at the wedding, and some of them have wooden bumpers yeah. because during the war effort, people were sending in their metal bumpers to be melted down for no scrap, way. and it took years for them yeah, to be how, replaced. That's the amount of level of detail that um, Coppola went into. He like what? actually replaced all the bumpers on the on the cars with timber, which is insane. Yeah. But I guess there were so references cool. to like um, prohibition and stuff like that that I yeah. just like didn't pick up on until they like explicitly said when it, I was. It is a good point on watching this movie the first time. And I think because I've seen it so many times, I can just follow it so much easier. Just because it's like there's a lot of names. It's super mm. dense. Like faceless mm. names that mm. they're talking about the different families. and Yeah. Um, it's really like Game of Thrones in that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Definitely. Like, uh, you know, I barely follow Game of Thrones. Like it's, you know, there's mm. just, and, and you have to be very specific. And it, you I've, watch it for I've the boobs, it. don't you? Pardon? You watch it for the boobs. Well. There's only <laughs> one boobs. There's only one boobs? Oh, in The Godfather. <laughs> oh, oh the right. Godfather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I say no. The boobs. I haven't watched it for 10 years. It's become less and less booby as it goes along. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. it's like they hook you with the boobs. And then, yeah. you, and then, and then they're like, yeah. here's 20 hours about politics. Yeah. Yes. Hey, by the way, slow watch 2017. Uh, the term derived from Guinea Negro, oh. so called. This is from Quora. So called in pejorative identification of Italians of dark complexion. Got it. In reference to the quote Guinea coast of West Africa, the slur implied that Italian Americans were racially Negroid, and they and originally referred to any black or dark complexed person of mixed an- ancestry. Mm. Wow, I'm gonna cut that up. <laughs> Fun yeah. fact. I mean, well, the thing is, in the movie, it's like a real, like, kind of. It really sets it in that time. Yeah. Do, do they say WAP at all? I th- yeah, I think so. Right. Yeah. yeah. Can't remember. Um, White and it's also it's person. one of those things where uh, like wasp. the people hur- hurling the racial slurs are the ones who get real bad things happen to them. Mm. You know, like oh Connie's horrible husband oh. who's screaming it at her as she's pregnant and oh, he's yeah. trying to slap her. Yeah. That was so a cool brutal. extended yeah, sequence. He's a nasty piece can of work. We go back oh. a step. Did did because you touched on the horse head scene. Did that like land for you as like a scary thing? Totally. Because I like, it's one of those, it's kind of like with Star Wars where when I watch Star Wars, all of the references that I had heard and internalized my whole life, I was seeing them in context for the first time. So when it's like, these are not the droids you're looking for, I was kind of like, hey, <laughs> I get it now. Yeah. And it was similar with this where like, you know, Tom goes out to Hollywood, this he's, this guy's showing him around. He's like, here's my prize stallion, $6 million or whatever money he's yeah. going to make from the horse. And I didn't clock. I wasn't like, something bad's going to happen to that horse. I was just like, oh, this is like a real long sequence yeah. of getting to know this horrible man. I, d- I did notice this time is uh, how Walt, the the movie producer, just the look of horniness in his eyes for that horse. Was like, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, like he was, the way he was looking at that horse, like he loves that horse. Yeah. And, and I guess I'd never noticed that before <laughs> the horse head it's the in the Mrs. bed Deagle really well, well, yeah well, I, I i guess i i guess i don't know uh, now that i'm older or something i didn't identify 
identify that, that they you can see horniness in men's eyes. Something that he loved so dearly. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, previously, I just kind of, oh, you know, it's fucked up. They they, they like cut off his, his horse's money. head. Yeah. yeah. You but, know, that was but, a real horse's head, too. Yeah. yeah. From Pet Food Factory. Yeah, yeah. 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 And it was because the thing is, it really did land because. There's a whole lot of scrambling as he's covered in blood before it's revealed. And, and the and the use of like silk or satin sheets as yeah. well. Yeah. Adds so much texture to and, it. And yeah. just and it's just reveals and reveals. Yeah. But and because that, that's it's not gonna absorb all that blood, it's just yeah. pooling. You reference like that scene and the scene with Connie is the the like I on rewatching it, I was just so like when he's screaming and when Connie yeah. is screaming, it is so visceral mm. and yeah. so, like, I just, it just really, like, I had to turn it down. I was just like, oh, this is, you know, it's just so, it's yeah. It's super and he's intense. Like, brutal. Ah, yeah. Ah, and it's yeah. just, oh, man. And it's almost it's, like the, because uh, um, violence in movies has changed so much that, like, this was really kind of the parts where people are killing each other are far less horrifying than moments like those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Coppola's not a fan of violence either. He's never been a fan of violence for any of his films, but Paramount were uh, worried that the film wasn't going to have enough action, so he made... Yeah. He's like, well, right. imagine the, uh, I mean, okay, imagine the scene with Sonny was uh, spiced up a little really, bit. Oh, really Sonny. <laughs> I wrote oh, down, man. I hate when Sonny dies. Because I, I, I looked that up as well. I it's, love Sonny. We also discussed um, James Kahn's shoulders. Um, Dude, that is wait. so funny yeah. you bring that up. Because um, that has stuck in my mind from the first time I watched it. Well, that, that, just, he really just incredibly like, broad and pointy. And very hairy. Yeah, very hairy. So hairy. I love it. It's a 1970s movie. Like, Can you imagine... Um, a guy with his top off in a, mil- a film today with yeah. a single hair, like yeah, 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 let yeah. alone just this yeah. bushy, yeah. delicious, you know. And, but then, but Khan has such a narrow waist he's, as he's well. Like, like, he's he's, he's a, a diamond. He's a triangle. He's just yeah. a triangle. But yeah. um, but he was he's, super hot in this movie. Uh, oh man, his but his shoulders, <laughs> like when he's wearing that um, singlet. And it's like, yeah, they're, like they, mm. they're it's like a halter arms. Yeah, <laughs> they're extender arms just popping out. I was, just, I was just transfixed by those shots. I thought it was only me that ever noticed. That. <laughs> <laughs> it's really stuck in my head. No, I, as soon as you mentioned his shoulders, I pictured that singlet because <laughs> yeah. it really did. It looked like a halter top. Yeah. Um, you know, he's rigged up with 147 squibs when they when they <laughs> shot oh, him. Really? Yeah. That's it was that was moment where- before or after Bonnie and Clyde. Sorry, I don't know. Uh, okay. After, I think Bonnie and Clyde was in this. 50s? 60s. Yeah. No, no, no. Did Continue. It was late 60s. Did did this break the Bonnie and Clyde record for most squibs? <laughs> I don't know. I haven't looked at it. I'm asking. Yeah. The squib well, count. Continue the conversation and I will um, discover. That, that scene where Sonny dies was kind of, was the one where I was like, I'm not 100% following the like motivations of all of these people and like mm. the technicalities of it because obviously like, you know, the other families wanted the, um, what's their names? Not Capone's. No, the family's name that we're Corleone. They wanted the Corleones, you know, all dead. But the idea that, like, Sonny's brother-in-law beat the shit out of his wife, who then called home and Sonny happened to be there and say, I'm coming, and everyone was like, send a guard with him. And then just the idea that he would go without a guard and be there at the right time and the guy would drop the penny and, like, it all just, it was kind of, a, a little bit took me out of it because I was like, this is far too convenient that mm. all of these things played out so well to, like, have the brother-in-law as this conspirator to kill Sonny. 
that was was what was happening, right? Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that's why. That's why. <laughs> yeah, that's why that's he, totally wrong. No, but that's why. And that's why you know he uh, he cops it at the end. But yeah. Um, but then almost, I think it it's set up by when Sonny goes and beats beats him up in mm. the street, and he would have mm. been you know, and he's not being let into the family business. Yeah, and so. I kind no, I kind of I kind of get why, you know, it would have he would have been an easy get. Yeah, right. Um, because he wants to, you know, he 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 wants to be a part of the family, and and you know, immediately at the start, um, Don Corleone says, you know, just nothing to do with the family, but you know, give him a wage, but he's not involved in the family business. Yeah. you know, um, yeah. there was almost that level of distrust. Yeah. with him, Alfred Pacino. Is really good. Oh, yeah. he's amazing. <laughs> he's so great. Because oh. I like, I as I started watching the movie, I was like looking on IMDb, making sure that I had the like, I was like, okay, James Khan is this, like Robert Duvall is like making sure I understood who all the characters were because this time I was going to like stick it out, get to the end and be able to follow it properly. And so I was kind of like double teaming like IMDb and some trivia and the Wikipedia synopsis to make sure that like all the things I was watching and I had a bad like torrented version of it that didn't have Italian subtitles. So I was like kind of looking at a script at the same time to make sure I was following <laughs> the conversation before Michael kills and McCluskey. Translator and, wrap out. Yeah. It was like, I was like really committed to this, you guys. But then, um, I, I just imagine Brody with like dueling laptops and computers, <laughs> just like just a whole bunch of tabs on his phone. Fucking minority reporting, yeah. 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 sliding stuff around. But I read the piece of trivia that Al Pacino like protested the Oscars because he was nominated as best supporting actor, and Marlon Brando was nominated for best actor. And Al Pacino was like, "I have more screen time than him. Yeah. I'm like the who this movie is about." And he mm. was really mad to not get the kind of like best actor recognition. And at the start of the movie, when I was watching that, I was like, who that fucking soldier from the wedding? What's he got to do with yeah. anything? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's interesting. Was that the same year? Cause do you know the famous story of Marlon Brando protested at the Oscars and yeah. brought up Sachin, Sachin Littlefeather? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that what yeah. her name was? Yeah. I wonder, I feel was like he was, year? I have a feeling about, he was um, younger when he uh, did that. Native, Native American, American rights. rights. And, yeah. Land rights. Cause I feel like I've seen images of that and I feel like Marlon Brando was younger but I'm not sure. I'm not certain. Yeah. Can 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 we talk about Michael a bit? Because um, it was 1973 when that happened, so it was before. Oh no! No, this Godfather. was 72. That would have yeah, been yeah, that no, year. Sorry, no, it is the Godfather. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Boo. It was before um, or after Bonnie and Clyde. Uh, Bonnie and Clyde was 67. Right. So, gotcha. Mm, yep. Um, kind of. As I said, I th- I think I got more of the plot, more of the motivations when I watched it this time. <clears throat> Maybe because I'm a little older. Um. And watching Michael for the first time, like like when I when I initially watched it, you know, at the at the wedding, he brings in Kay, and I really thought that he was kind of, you know, he's guileless and he's actually a nice guy, and he's like, yeah, hey, it's it's that's my family, it's not me and stuff. And then this time I watched it, it's like, no, this guy's a fucking prick. He's 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 really full of himself and he is trying to like impress or scare Kay. You know what I mean? Yeah, like right. he's uh, to me, at least he's not downplaying it the way, the way, way that I thought he was. He's, he's puffing out his chest and, and, and thinking that he seems cool because his mm. family is a mob family. And, and, and that to me kind of that, because it always, when I was a kid, it seemed like he really kind of turned on a dime in terms of, um, you know, entering into the family business and mm. stuff. And I think viewed this way, it kind of makes a little bit more sense of how, you know, he, he how he, you know, 
I didn't get that sense of it at all, probably because it was like my first proper watch, but because there was so like it there were so many references that like, you know, Marlon Brando's character made to um Mikey being not part of this. He was like, Don't involve Mikey, like Mikey's not in this and everyone was kind of like, We're doing this, Mikey's over there, which made him like the perfect kind of like not Patsy's the wrong word, but the kind of person to be trusted by like McCluskey and whatever the other guy's name is who he shot in the restaurant. But the idea, I really liked the way that Michael evolved because the first them attacking his dad and then him going to the hospital and seeing what lengths they would go to, to get to his family. And then obviously in Italy and what happened to um, Apollonia, like all of that built up and built up to him, like it kind of infused him with this like evil. Mm. Yeah. You can, can I, can I ask the room as well? Do, uh, even in this rewatching, I don't understand Michael's motivations for marrying Apollonia. He always yeah. knew that he was coming back. You know what I mean? And also, how fast did that whole thing go? Because he's got a shiner from when he got punched in the face. Right? But yeah. it was supposed to be a year later. Wedding. But he's got a shiner at the wedding when he's marrying Apollonia. Yeah. And he's just, he's just landed in Sicily. Yeah, and well, he's yeah. He's I think, I mean, I think it was, a, it was a broken cheek. It was supposed to be like five broke, years or something that he was. Yeah, and they still, talk about and they talk about he, how he had set, um, surgery as well. Like yeah. uh, his but brother, still, he had like had a bruise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the 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 time the the timeline there is, 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 yeah. is a little bit off. But, but why does he marry Apollonia? I I I, I kind of don't get it. it. Like if if he knows he's coming home, like is it just so he can get a nut off? That seems crazy. Like maybe. I mean, <laughs> dudes have done worse for less. <laughs> yeah. He went through the very chaste, uh, you know, courting period. So. Walking down the street yeah. and with, like with his, holding her elbow when she stumbles. All the nonos are behind him. You know, I actually watching. loved that sequence. Yeah. Like, I was super invested in that and in her, although I would have liked her to have literally any personality um, yeah. or for them to have a conversation before he decided to marry her. Um but you I know, Michael's there's a sort lot, of there's not a lot of female agency yeah. in the canon. But I think there's also no, no, there's definitely not. But then there's like that you see the 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 seeds or the the growth of Michael as the person he'll become is when he's sitting at the bar and the the father you know is all and he's just like go and get him. Mm. You know, translate for me, and just yeah. and the dead eyes, like the that it's mm. kind of the first time when those dead eyes really sort of oh, the kick dead in. eyes that's, are amazing. Yeah. Still yeah. Does he smile yeah. throughout like, the film at any point? I don't no, know. He does at the at start women. when he's like walking, you know, with Kay and stuff, and you know, mm. when they find out about his dad and they're walking down the street. But it's almost like his hair makes a journey as well, um, oh, because yeah, it's it's, it's all like really floppy and foppish at the start, Isn't and it then more pomadey. Yeah, yeah, and then totally. it gets more pomadey, and then it gets full, like thick, you know, like um, uh, like properly, you know, uh, what do you call it? Hair dried and you know, swished back, uh, you know, yeah. towards the end where it's but like he it was thirty two. Really, look this up. Yeah, when he. When he shot that, and Brando was only like forty-seven. Really? Yeah. 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 Oh, he had a lot of was, makeup. I think it was yeah. They aged him so well. Yeah. yeah, I think it was Pacino's second movie. Yeah. I think wow. it was the Panic in Needle Park, and, and then the yeah, studio didn't really? want him. Yeah. Studio didn't want him at all. Yeah. Well, yeah, and, and they didn't want Brando as well. And and, and um, they didn't want Francis Ford Coppola. He was the twelfth director yeah. of wow. choice. But then they and, went. And, oh, and Francis there. Ford Coppola, I don't think particularly wanted to do it either. No, no, no. There's also there's a famous story. Was Apocalypse now his first film? 
Or was that no, after this? No, no, no. This was the Apocalypse Now sort of came about because these two won the Oscars and made right. a okay. blitzing amount of money. He, he, so. he made a he made a bunch of small films. Like he yeah. he didn't. Well, he did the he conversation kind of after this on, onto the thing. Yeah, there's a great story that I'm probably kind of messing up a lot, but uh, the studio really didn't want Brando. Um, but uh, Francis Ford Coppola did a so screen easy to work test with? at Mullen Brando's house, and he and he like. Have you seen the footage from that? It's amazing. Wall. No. Oh, it was like the yeah. actual screen test. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah, he put he put things in his mouth, started doing this and stuff. And YouTube it. He looks like Frankenstein's monster. Yeah, yeah, really? yeah. yeah. yeah they, he, he like he like did his own makeup and stuff, and then they showed the screen test to the executives at Paramount. There was one famous executive who was real prick and like a, a very exuberant kind of personality or whatever. And and he says, and they showed him the screen test, not telling him that it was Brando. He says, "Who is this old guinea? We got to get him." <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, yeah. Whoa. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. And yeah, the only reason they and went now with we Francis know what Ford, guinea means. Yeah. <laughs> went with with Francis Ford Coppola because he was an uh, American-Italian. They wanted an mm. Italian director right. um, or someone of that to sort of do justice to the to the script. The script was, uh, I think there were two scripts. So Francis Ford Coppola wrote one script and Mario Puzo wrote, <laughs> wrote the second script and then they smudged them together. Right. Um, and they got in, uh, I've forgotten his name, but the, uh, the guy, the writer from Chinatown to actually sort of patch the two together and, oh. and make a delicious three-hour soup. Have you guys ever read the book? I did when I was a kid, yeah. Is it just this movie or does it go um, into this? Were the sequels kind of like on book or were they just kind of like invented? Ooh, I can't remember that. I think I'm pretty sure that the book covers part one. What I remember from the book is that it's really, it's really pulpy. You know what I mean? Oh, like, it totally is. It's, it's, yeah. yeah, it's it's like a lot of lot of sex and violence and stuff. And Francis Ford Coppola really elevates it. It's actually it's one thing that uh, there's a huge thing in the book about Sonny having a big dick. Like, like that's that's like a I buy it. Yeah, that's a recurring <laughs> thing. But I don't know whether you noticed at at the wedding you see um you see his wife with with her gal pals and she goes like oh yeah 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 yeah, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, and, then, and then looks behind her. I'm I'm doing that thing where she kind of like yeah opens measuring. up her hands to show yeah. a measurement yeah and that's never explained but that's what that reference uh, is is that he's is that he's got he's got a big old hog well, right. you know they used. Uh, fun fact: These twenty-seven squibs just on his penis. <laughs> um, what else did I write down? Um, is this where "Try the Veal" comes from? You guys know. Try the, try the veal. veal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. It's this is where like, it's from? Hey, okay. I'm here all week. Try yeah, the yeah, veal. Yeah, no. yeah. No. But I mean, I heard them say it and I was like, is this the Maybe. origins of the famous Try the Veal? <laughs> well, yeah, I, I remember you saying, um, it's interesting that that, that restaurant scene I noticed where, where Michael kills for the first time, which mm. is... Which, which is exactly the halfway point exactly of the movie. Exactly the halfway point of the movie. I wrote that, that down. That was yeah, my next yeah, note. Yeah, I've got well, it. Yeah, and then yeah. it's pretty much straight into Sicily from there, right? Yeah. That's kind of almost split it out in two different films. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah, I, I, I loved that scene. Yeah. It's about, well, that's it the was, scene that actually bought him the part. They, you know, the studio wanted right. to boot him off the whole picture up until, I don't know if they were filming it in chronological order, but yeah. they kind of... They were a few weeks into, into filming and they're like, we got to get rid of this Al guy. Wow. He's rubbish. And Pacino, who is he? <laughs> yeah. yeah and, uh, and it was that scene that they're like, shit, yeah, his kid's got chops. All right, we'll keep him. Wow. Um, also another note, the killing montage, very cool. Oh, <laughs> the killing montage with the... At the end, as Michael's oh. getting um, 
it's, baptized. That's yeah. an incredible sequence. That yeah. was, yeah. I was watching that and I was like, where if this had been at the start where I had, because I, I don't know if I, if it would have, I guess because I have like a 2017 attention span, but like there was so much like implied about, um, how do we refer to the original Godfather, Michael's dad? Uh, Don Vito. Vito? Don Corleone. So when Don Don Corleone, well, that's who Michael becomes at the end. Mm. But when like Vito is kind of like everyone knows who he is at the start, it's all so opaque and like invisible. It's all just kind of like whispered about how big of a deal he is and all the things that he does and you never see any of it. Um, And then when you saw all of the stuff that Michael was doing, I was like, oh, shit. Mm. (laughs) What was the exact point where, where you thought it was getting good? Do you remember? Yeah, when Michael killed McCluskey and um, I I keep remembering, I keep forgetting what the guy's name. But also when they're they're leading up to that. Yeah, the first hour is just so set up, which is fine. That's the noir, film noir kind of. Yeah. That's that Chinatown. Um, And then it all is just like everyone. And there's that that incredible shot right before... Leave the gun, take the cannoli. Where the car pulls up in yeah. wheat fields, and yeah, the Statue the, of Liberty is, is like tiny in the background. I took a screenshot of that because I was like, totally. "This is a fucking shot." Yeah. Yeah. yeah, totally. That's where I feel. Yeah, he gets um, cinematography. Uh, in yeah, this, film. this, this just is like, perfect time to talk about it. Gordon Willis's cinematography is just extraordinary. I was just watching; it was just blowing my mind because everything is black. Like yeah. like in huge swaths of the screen are just black as black as black, mm-hmm. and and I guess he does that a lot. Like he, I guess I guess you see it a lot in um all the president's men who Gordon Willis yep. shot as well, but it's just it just looked amazing. It just took my breath away, and and sort of the courage to yeah. have so like so little exposed uh, in yeah. in so many shots but also was, the long shots as well yeah. like as in i mean the opening shot of you know that pullback shot and then the shot when mike is basically explaining how he would go and shoot and it's those slow zoom like it's the slow pull out or the slow zoom in and they're just they're just there's nothing there's nothing fancy mm. about it and it's just it, because it's focusing on the performance and yeah. it's just on but then them. there is those beautiful. kind of like um another really beautiful one is right before Vito's heart attack when he's in the tomato bush like yeah. that was just inc- like such a beautiful sequence but um also how fucking terrifying would it be if he was your god grandfather and he's like <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I do love I do love that scene where where, where he does he puts the orange in his mouth I love and, it too and the kid it but feels the kid, very improvised but also but the kid is like genuinely scared I was like yeah, yeah. that's what a little yeah. kid would be yeah, yeah. Like, quick segue into oranges they uh, a lot of people uh, have yeah. said yeah, yeah oranges yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. harbinger of death yeah did you pick that up or did you know about that whole thing? I read it on IMDb trivia yeah. as, before Vito got shot but here's the um, thing is, is you you will not stop seeing that in other movies now yeah but i mean i saw it in game of thrones reason. when i is like chased yeah. through the city that's with actually the it's 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 not it's it's not a real thing this is pure the oranges are in there purely to to color to color, to color pop, off the shot that's what because gordon miller said yeah, yeah because yeah, right. of the cinematography so but it has passed into like popular culture yeah, folklore sure. that that's what it is and it is yeah. referenced constantly in other movies and yeah. stuff yeah. um what was the other thing i was going to say about the cinematography. There was one other thing. Oh, that really great shot of um, Connie's shitty husband. What's his name? 
On his shitty husband. On his shitty husband, that's right. Um, (laughs) When he gets in the front of the car and he gets garroted around the neck and the camera stays outside the windshield and and you just see him kicking out of the fucking window. Imagine seeing that in a cinema in 1972. Yeah. There's a lot of garroting in that film. So much garroting. I I only know that word because I was following the Wikipedia and it was like, and then Luca Brasgi gets garroted. Luca Brasgi pops it, yeah. And his tongue is right out there, isn't it? I love Luca Brasgi. When he cops it, his eyes are popping out of his head. Yeah. Yeah. He was a wrestler. Was like, he? Yeah. Oh, he totally. That, that, yeah. that was his that was his thing. Huh. There's yeah. There's so many references. I mean, so many references in pop culture. Luca Brasi, as you mentioned, being a band. Um yeah. just like There's also I realized as I was watching it another because the Gilmore Girls, there's like a thing where before Rory goes to college, it's this whole thing where they think they've got a week to prepare her to move to college and they get back from their holiday, they realize they've got a day. And so they're like, no, we were going to have our Godfather marathon Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And then, and then they're like, and then the one where Sophia dies and we were going to watch it five times. And like, there was like, I, a lot of these references I know from Gilmore hey, Girls. Uh, points for getting a Gilmore Girls reference into the Godfather podcast as well. I mean, they did it in reverse. <laughs> it makes sense. Can we talk about Diane Keaton? Oh, yeah. Mm, sure. Bye. She deserves better. <laughs> she, yeah. she certainly deserves, she deserves better. so much better. Yeah. She yeah. also deserves a better hair and makeup artist. Yeah, yeah. She, there's a few um, sequences where when, when they're having dinner and her hair's like back in that crazy. It looks like she has a receding hairline. Like it looks like. It yeah, looks like, like she, there was one scene I was watching it. It looked her hair looks like a cross on on her head. Yeah, that's <laughs> just, when they're having dinner. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just like this yeah. arc of hair on top of her head. I think the film is definitely conscious of that these women are being treated shittily. It has a lot of empathy for them, for sure. Um, But it also, you know, it's, I don't know, right right before I came, I was like having, I ran into a friend at a coffee shop this morning and she was like, what are you doing today? And I like told her about this and she's like, oh, I've never seen The Godfather. Is it good? And I was like, well, yeah, like I get why it's a classic, but it also is kind of, you know, we we just kind of started talking about how like classics are defined by like what male critics made of male filmmakers' stories about men for like yeah a hundred yeah, years. Totally. Yeah, and then I googled it and I googled like the male film canon and there was a piece about it on the Guardian like three weeks ago in light of all the Weinstein stuff where it yeah. was women who work in film all kind of trying to redefine what um, a women's canon would be and they were like choosing films made by female directors in the same way that like NPR did a couple of months ago where they created like um, the music, the top 100 albums by women because every like top 100 list will always have um, Citizen Kane, The Godfather, um, Chinatown, you know, like it will always have the same films at the top of it. And so the idea of like redefining that canon and just kind of like deciding that other films are valuable as well is like something that, I guess people are doing more now. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Which is great. Well, I, I yeah. And and I, I you know, in 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 between watching this a lot as like a teen or in my early twenties or whatever, and now I'm far more conscious of of all all the sort of things that you brought up. And and that was one thing that was that I was kind of asking myself throughout this movie is why why am I enjoying this? You know what I mean? What What is it about this content am I enjoying? And what does that say about me? That Because, uh, I mean, if you had asked me when I was 21, I just would have said, hey, it's cool, it's mobsters, it's shoot-em-ups, yeah. it's blah, blah, blah. And, and it's a classic. Like, that's yeah. a big 
reason for its significance. But then there's also, like, you know, I get why people are real, super involved in it because it's also kind of like the idea of, like, a person being corrupted yeah. by, like, the circumstances that they were born into and how they respond to those. Like, Michael is, I have no idea what happens in two and three, except for Sophia dying. Um, but <laughs> She's the baby as, as well, by the way. Sophia Coppola is yes. the baby oh, that gets baptized. She's the baby getting baptized, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I knew that. Yeah. But I didn't Which connect gonna, it when I was watching yeah. it. Um, I went through a big Sophia Coppola phase, but still never watched <laughs> The Godfather. Um, yeah, the, uh, what was I saying? The, I don't know. Just, yeah, the idea of, like, how this, this person whose life is, like, out of their control takes control of it to kind of, like repeat the actions that they were like born yeah. into. And there's kind of, I was, I it was one of the first things I noted is that there's kind of a libertarian streak to this film. You know what I mean? I can, I, I don't know what you mean. Well, just, just that it's, it's all about self-determination. You know what I mean? Um, and I think that that appeals to a lot of dudes and a lot of certain kind of dudes you know what i mean that's that you can make your way in the world simply you know by mm. will and by violence the and, scarface yeah yeah well that's yeah. Scarface yeah. Is yeah. The scarface on, is the more exaggerated you know, version yeah, yeah. of that yeah i guess and it's also like my favorite movie yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like poster on my wall and kind of not just to talk about the you know the Italian racial slurs as just like a thing that the bad people in this movie do. There's also an element of it as this: these are immigrant stories. Yeah. These are people new to America who mm. the movie shows us are being like unfairly treated. Yeah, by, it's, like, it's, 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 it's a film yeah. about my um, a minority, and it gets yeah. and it gets explored much more in part two as oh, well. Oh, really? Yeah, that, that one has like a weird timeline. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, two yeah, timelines. Okay, yeah. and yeah. and also probably the the start of uh, hatred for American police. Um, around this time as well, police are not mm. treated in a very. I mean, they're, they're all corrupt, corrupt and they're, they're all, racist. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah, all yeah. racist. They get <laughs> yeah. like a lot of a lot of really, yeah, some pretty. And, and you you never get anybody saying that cops are fucked up unless it's from a minority or oppressed segment. You mm. know what I mean? Yeah. You never get people in power making films that say cops are all fucked up. Mm. Or yeah. at least not at that time. Yeah. I mean, and still, I guess today, like, there's a reason for it, you know. Yeah, can can I, there was there was a tweet from years and years ago that has always stuck in my head. That's one of my favorite tweets, which is Disneyland. This is from AF Bradstone. Disneyland should have a Godfather one and two ride where all you do is slowly shut a door and die in Keaton's face. <laughs> 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 That's great. I can't even imagine what she puts up with in two. Should I watch the other two? Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, no, no, watch, no, two. Watch, watch, watch number two. two. Don't bother with me. Is two the one that everyone is like, two is the is kind of the case for good sequels. Is that right? I oh, yeah, I'm, I'm a two guy. Yeah. yeah. I'm a number yeah. two kind I of mean, guy. Because there's incredible. like the... Um, I don't know how familiar you all are with the Scream trilogy. I do not acknowledge Scream 4 as part of the <coughs> canon. Um, That's probably closer but, to the scary movie than Scream. Yeah, but well, but Scream 2 has, like, it's, you know, 
that the first murders just happened. Sydney finds out when she's in college and she goes to Randy's film class to find him and he's it's having this like big debate with Sarah Michelle Gellar and like the guy who eventually is the Super killer. Self-aware, Super self-aware. Yeah. But they're talking about like how shitty sequels are and they're talking about Godfather and they're making a case for Godfather in the sequel of Scream. Like yeah. it's yeah, yeah, yeah. the best. I'm going to watch it tonight. <laughs> um, we've Graham? actually, I got to bust in with a word from a sponsor, oh, if that's okay. Oh, great. Right. Okay. Sponsor. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Sponsors keep coming in. I am kind of pleasantly surprised. Well, it's it's hot content, so, <laughs> oh, you know. Yeah. You, yeah, you got another sponsor. People want to throw money behind line, us. Yeah. Wow. So, I just want to say that this episode is brought to you by Piss.is. <laughs> You've shared everything about your life on online but you haven't shared the most valuable thing, the thing you want to share the most, but you've been too afraid to until now, your piss. Piss.is gives everyone the platform to share their the experience of leaking filthy liquid out of their bladder. But it's not dirty, you freaks. I mean, it's dirty, but it's not sexual. This is just you sharing the look on your face as some sweet yellow gold courses out of your <laughs> magnificent urethra. Piss.is is offering Deja Review listeners one month of their <laughs> pro package free when they use the coupon code Deja when they register to piss real bad online. <laughs> Their pro package gives you the ability to track the hue, temperature, and volume of every drop that you drop with piss.is. You only pay when you spray. There's no regular fees. You get charged by the leader at piss.is. Don't drink water for a month. Eat salt so you can never fall asleep. With piss.is, there's no problem. In fact, there's no problem. No God, no hidden charges, <laughs> no reason to be alive, no satisfactory explanation for the JFK assassination, <laughs> no nationhood, nothing filling you battle with poison, no problem, no gimmicks, no nothing in the world, and certainly no reason to live. Piss.is, <laughs> the last frontier of venture capitalism. Maybe? <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> Wow, I can't believe you guys got piss. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big get. We got pissed on. We got pissed on. Um, Well, that is. uh, What a deal. Yeah, I'm. That pro package is great. I use it. I've only been in the intro package and (laughs) it fucking sucks. Golden. It's golden. Yeah. It's shit. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Well, I believe that's the end of another episode of Deja Review. Uh, I would like to thank our guest, Brody. Thank you, guys. Thank you for joining us. And thank you, of course, to Kane Daniel. Yes, that's at Kane Daniel on Twitter. Seb Godfrey. Thank you. And Brody, have you got anything to plug while you're here? Uh, I wrote a book a few months ago. Well, oh, wow. Hell last, yeah. last year, but it came out a few months ago. What? What's it, it called? It's yes. called um, No Way, Okay, Fine, and... As I'm saying this, I'm realizing that there's a part of the book where I list all the classic things I have not seen, and I'm pretty sure I list The Godfather Whoa, amongst it. So, we I have, mean, oh, you might have to go second back edition and get might the be evil. different. <laughs> we, we, we are changing history, guys. We are May changing. the circle be unbroken. <laughs> <laughs> and I uh, just wanted to say that my second last note that I made while watching this movie was. Godfather is cool. <laughs> <laughs> it is cool. I'm Mike Cairns. Hey, hey. And thanks, thanks to Jeremy for letting oh, us use the sweat box yeah. as well. Um, thank you, 
of course, to uh, Jeremy Wartsman. And uh, they have a podcast as well uh, that you should definitely check out. It's called Jackie Winter Gives You the Business. And you can find that on uh, on iTunes. And we're on iTunes as well. And so if you would be so lovely to maybe go and give us a rating or a review, that actually um, helps other people find our podcast. <laughs> I know. It's, it's, you hear people say that on every single podcast. And I'm never saying that on, on our podcast. And then the second I see like the thing on iTunes with no stars, no reviews. I'm like, I gotta get them reviews. <laughs> yeah. People need to find my podcast. Yeah. Anyway, you guys uh, are on social media, aren't you? Uh, we, yes. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Gosh, so shit at this. So shit at this. Uh, <laughs> we are on Twitter at uh, twitter.com uh, slash deja underscore review, and you can email us at hello at deja review podcast dot com dot com. You know, there's a panoply of boobs. <laughs> like, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, what? Well, I guess all, all, all I'm saying is, is that boobs don't change. It's just like the type of boob that an era favors. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Boobs stay the same. <laughs> it's it's just... us who change. <laughs> <laughs> We're the boobs. We're the boobs. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>